city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. Cool. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Ted's already being miserable as himself. What else is, what else is new, right, Ted? Cheer up. Giants are winning. The Giants are competing. We'll get into that in a little. But, yes, we are Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms as well as YouTube. Comment, share, like, and whatever you want. Just keep the support. We appreciate it. We're going to talk about two teams today that maybe a year ago really didn't have any expectations and was really, really in the abyss of the NFL. And that was the New York Giants and the Miami Dolphins. Are they contenders? Are they pretenders? Because we also are going to be talking about our contenders, pretenders list. And Joseph McGuire, why don't you just come on and join us? The tripod is missing. And there's our tripod. We are here. So as we know, we are diehard Giant fans, all three of us. It's been about eight years of the abyss. It's been dark days. It's been tragedy. It's been, it's been disappointment. It's been aggravation. It's been everything that a Giant fan wants to finally get away from, and so we can have some positivity. Well, finally, and I say finally, the New York Giants have some sort of positivity going into their bye week. And I can even bring this up with the Miami Dolphins, because if you want to talk about a team that was also in the abyss and maybe a year ago at this time, was the worst team in the NFL, now we're talking about them being maybe, just maybe, legitimate contenders. And call me crazy, I think they're the third best team in the FC, but we'll get into that in a little while. So the New York Giants. I know it says Daniel Jones shines as the Giants finally beat the Eagles. How about we put the New York Giants shine as a team? Coaching, special teams, defense as expected, and the offense, the running game, the clutch passes. I should also add into that with Daniel Jones. It's been long overdue. And if you really want to think about it, the Giants should have swept the Eagles, and the Giants already swept the Washington football team. So if you really want to think about it, the Giants should be with one loss, and hell, they shouldn't even have that loss as well. So now we finally get into some sort of direction. And I think, like I said last week, and you guys can come in whatever you want, either one of you. We talked about this last week. This was the biggest thing with the New York Giants coming into the season for me, was I know we had to deal with COVID, but we needed a direction. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I know we're 10 games in. We might have found that direction with Joe Judge, this coaching staff, and this team that is rallying around their head coach. And even you could say with the Dolphins, because they're both Bill Belichick prodigies. Yeah. Brian Flores, Joe Judge. We could even talk about that on a separate occasion. Have they finally, I don't know, kind of saved the Belichick tree? But you boys, I know it says Daniel Jones, but boy, boy, the Giants – Finally play, it seems like a perfect game. And I'm excited because we finally beat the uh, Philadelphia. I don't know if it was a perfect game. That's the wrong. It seemed, no, it, it really was, I thought. To me, in many circumstances, we haven't seen a giant team play like that in some I, time. It wasn't, finish it well. wasn't the perfect game. You know why it was, it was, perfect? was a well You know why game. it was perfect? Why? Because they because, got the win? No, because they finished the game. That's why it was a perfect game because they finished. Yeah, but that's the reason, reason why they're What perfect. was that stat? We've had multiple games, five or six games, that it was one possession games that the Giants have so lost I, this season. Yes, so the, the past six games, they've had at least a 10-point lead going into the second half, and they're 3-3 three and three in their last six games, which explains why their record is what it is, because we know not too long ago we had an 11-point lead against the same Eagles team with less than five minutes to play, and we blew that opportunity. This was a whole different game. You could tell that this giant team has been playing better. It's like a sketch, you know, where you start to draw and the pitcher starts to take form. It's really starting to take form. It's becoming a masterpiece. We had no preseason. We've we've kind of bashed the Giants, especially you and me, and not in a That's bad way. Yeah. But with respect to, we have a, we had a higher expectation of this team succeeding sooner. But we didn't really consider, hey, listen, we, they had three new coaches this year. We had no preseason. We had a lot of younger players. The most veteran player on this team is Sterling Shepard. If anyone really yeah, the realized it. The, the old senior citizen is Sterling Shepard. With that being said, in... we beat the Eagles. First time we won. At, in 
what? It seems like Since forever. 2016 was their first win. And we had lost Jets. 12 out of 13 against the Eagles. So that's a big win. And we know we should have beat them twice. We know we should have beat Dallas. We should be undefeated in the division. But it was just good to see a whole team play well. Special teams, honestly, the Giants special teams, has, which has been one of our weaknesses in the past, is honestly our best unit. Uh, let's be honest. Our kicker is tremendous. He just got an extension. Literally, he just hours. got COVID. So he got extension and COVID in a matter of 24 hours. That's okay. Well, that's freaking impressive. That's okay. A rough 24. I mean, he gets his money, but he also gets the virus. Listen, at the end of the day, we're on the bye week. Uh-oh. He's made 20 straight field goals. He's 20 or 21. He hasn't missed an extra point. Knock on wood. Can I be honest? He's, he and, he's, and he's been consistent. He might be one of our most valuable players on the team this year. Thank you, Alex Rosas, for being an idiot and getting DUI. So you saved us on that point. We don't have to worry about missed kicks. Our punter, who we gave an extension last year, Riley Dixon, 71-yard punt, too. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The Giants show. Giants go, the, I, that's what I'm trying to say is that the Giants did play a perfect game because they played up to today, uh, Sunday. They played almost – not, I would say, perfect, but opportunities that they've been given the opportunity to win. They finally, why I say they had the perfect game is because, very simply, they finished. That was the biggest question mark for this Giant team for the past nine weeks. Joe? The Giants have led at halftime in each of the last three weeks. That has not happened since 2016. They've held opponents out of the end zone in the first half. In three straight games for the first time since 2015. Mm -hmm. The defense, you know, all year long during these games, uh, a lot of the times, and and, and Steve Risser's in a lot of these chat rooms as well from Sports Talk with R&J, where we'll we'll say to each other, uh, uh, the, the Giants need a big stop here. This is how you know whether this is a, a good defense or not. And early in the year, I felt like every time we had that happen, the Giants would give up a score. Mm-hmm. And as the years progress, they've gotten better and better and better. I was saying last week that, and I'll say it again. I mean, this is this should be a seven and three Giants football team right now. At worst, they should be six and four. And here's the funny thing: if yeah. the record had bared out to what it should have been, if they'd won the games the past few weeks, they should have won, and they were seven and three, we would be having a conversation right now about whether the Giants are better than the Buccaneers or whether the Giants can beat the Packers, or whether the Giants can match up with Arizona. Or And the only reason we're not doing it right now is because their record is 3-7. and seven. And I would warn anybody, I, I'm telling you, this reminds me really of 2007, where the Giants lost to the Patriots in the last game of the year, lost 38-35, and I saw in that game, I thought, man, this giant team all year, so close to everybody. Man, if they had another crack at these guys, they could beat all of them. Like the and that's Bucks. exactly the day. The Bucks, the Packers, the Cowboys, and 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 the Patriots. They avenged every loss that they had that season. Now, Joe, you know that what, team you got what? better as this season went on. The offense started clicking. Eli started because if you remember by season's end, there were people that wanted Eli out of town in 2007 that wanted Coughlin's head. And I was like, Coming no, into that year, I think like, they're so. I thought the Giants were so close, and I prayed. I was like, dude, if they can get into the if if you remember, people had to lose. They they lost their way in. And they're dangerous. Yeah, they would have been a dangerous well, team. I thought, boy, if this team gets in, watch out. I think they can play with anybody. That's why I was saying earlier in the year, look, if you had won the division and I thought this is a team that's going to get blown out by Seattle yeah, yeah. in round one, then what's the point? If so, you're gonna if you're gonna make the playoffs and get blown out 44 to 6, then you might as well have lost all your games. I now think, truly, truly think that the Giants might have. One of the one of the best well-rounded teams. Yes. Which it again was- at three and seven seems like an absurd thing to say. I watched, as I told you guys yesterday, I watched every NFL game this weekend. And I think the thing that struck me the most, I told you this yesterday, Trevor, was the amount of miscues I saw on special teams all around the league. Yeah. There and were fumbles, there were blocks, there were misses. Coordinator for New England, and that is his, you know, specialty. specialty. And listen, his ability to 
the small details. Listen, it's the details that he has done really well. And, and you can see it. The little details are becoming bigger improvements on the field. Now, Joe, I just want to give you a couple uh, stats that we, I just saw on Twitter about James Bradbury. You know, and I told Trev I still thought Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald were the two different two best defensive players in the NFL this season. And I still truly believe that. But you look at Bradbury, better coverage grade at 75.0. They both Gilmore and Ramsey, who we both look at as the two best corners. Leads the NFL in pass breakups with 11. 68.2 passer rating allowed. Uh, allows less than 32 yards per game and has three interceptions. So we talk about pass rush, but the ability to have a number one corner shutdown like James Bradbury and Blake Martinez, a well, reliable, you gotta give credit. sound tackle. You gotta give credit Dave to Gettleman. Dave Gettleman. You know, we I, mean, I know Gettleman. Giant fans want to hate that. I know Giant fans hate that. But listen, those two moves right now have paid off, and they paid dividends. And this Giant team is playing really well. And everything is coming together, and it's a great thing to see. Because I told Trev the other day, I said, the only thing we all really are missing is a pass rusher and an elite number one receiver. I love Darius Slayton. But I think you got to re be realistic with be yourself. Nice he is a good number, a number two with having Shepard in yeah. the slot. That's You really need a number one, a big-time receiver, okay? And you need a, and a pass rusher because the defense line is sound. They stop the run game. They play great coverage. I don't know the guy's name, but it's the back. It's the other cornerback on the other side. He's actually oh, played Isaac Adam. He's from Denver. They traded seven round seven pick. He's he's played really really well this season. Here's, and it was the, the only thing I worry about though is and I, and it, and then I liked the way they finished was that drive at the start of the third quarter. Remember we talked about this when we yeah, watched the game. Yeah, that's The end of the first half, Dude, they, the Giants didn't. Here's the difference why I say the Giants didn't play a perfect game, and that's why perfect is not a good word to use in this sense. For Giant terms, it is. No. For this Giant game, played it is. well or good or great, but didn't play perfect. If they played perfect, they get at least three points at the end of the first half. I thought that was a golden opportunity to miss and really yeah, they missed it. on that one. Okay, yeah. that's another thing. So, and then you come back in the third quarter and you and you lay a dud right off the bat. But what I did like for the first time was the Giants came right back at him and went a seven-play drive for a touchdown that took it back to a double-digit lead, which was tremendous because this is something that you don't see normally from the Giants. Now, he, well, well, or at least what we haven't seen in the past few years. Now, that, here's the thing also. Jace, I, I've been seeing – I trust me. Why I'm saying – we're finally seeing. I mean, this is what we knew the Giants could be with all those games. They've had their opportunities to finish games. It's just coming into this Week 10 game, they just didn't finish. And that's why they were 2-7 and seven going into this game. Now they're 3-7 and seven because they played, they finished. That was the, always the biggest knock that this Giant team has had, and maybe with the exception of Daniel Jones's up and down, inconsistent. No play. turnovers for two There's weeks no in a row. Turnover. And that plays the a offensive huge line has played great. The offensive line has played very well. Very well. For the past couple of weeks, Saint Lemieux has been beautiful, a, a plug-in place, and he's been, Maybe. he's been taking care of business. And I'm impressed with the offensive line. Wayne Goldman, I'm extremely impressed with him. I hope they, I hope they can resign him so they can team up with Saquon going forward the four. And then Daniel Jones, if he can continue, continue the no turnovers, which let's let's pump the brakes because we haven't seen it. I know it's only been two games, but if he continue that, hey, the Giants could be scary, Joe. Listen, I think I think going to want to play the Giants if the Giants make the playoffs six to ten because that is not a normal six to ten or seven. You know how and we talk I know, about I know. most teams I know. that go in seven and nine have a lot of flaws and and yeah. and they're not good. The Giants will be a tough out for whoever plays them just because even if they lose, they will play hard and they will get and they will play sound. Oh, they'll play for 60 minutes. They're gonna play you for sixty minutes. And that's the thing. And we saw that their two toughest games against Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. They, they played them all the way down the wire, and Pittsburgh, was, the only reason why was because Pittsburgh's a veteran team who had experience where the Giants were a young team and hadn't gelled yet. And I bet if the Giants played Pittsburgh right now, they would play them in, in a lot tougher. Joseph. Um, if you watched what the Rams defense did to Russell and the Seahawks yesterday, there's no reason to think that the Giants can't beat the Seahawks. I mean, yeah. I'll have – They'll have that chance in a couple of weeks. I'm telling the key you. Is, though, the key is they got to get the pressure. If they could get pressure on oh, them, yeah. the offensive line is very suspect, and we'll talk about it in a little while of contenders and pretenders. Why I think the Seattle Seahawks proved to me that they are still pretenders. The offensive line, if they could get pressure, and they're going to get many, um, McKinney back, they're going to get the X Men back as well. And they're getting um, uh, Tay Crowder as well back. And who else? 
Graham Gano will probably be hopefully. Zyla will be back. Hopefully, Zyla will be out of concussion Listen, protocol gonna, and 13 then, days to recover. And then Gano hopefully is 100% after COVID. So, like we talked about the Yankees thing last year, with remember the trade deadline? We always talked about, well, the Yankees are going to get Sanchez back. The Yankees are going to get Judge and Stanton and Severino. It's like you already trade for all these guys. The Giants, after the buy, it's like you just got a you just had a trade acquisition. So you're getting all these guys back to already a, I guess I could say a stout defense right now in the NFL. You're adding more pieces, younger pieces, and I can't wait to see Xavier McKinney finally get on the field as well. It's only going to add great versatility to that defense who already has Jabril Peppers. And I'm telling you, I told you this the other day, ten, we're, not, we're not talking about him today, but Tennessee Titans not being able to re-sign Logan Ryan is a big what a, sign, what a sign. Because it's it's just, it's, it's, you watch the game last week against the Colts, they have, hey, who can we point that to? They have issues, in the, they have issues in the secondary. Well, no, that's on the Tennessee Titans not signing. Not but Dave signed. Gettleman went to go sign him. He could have went to the Jets. He wanted to come back to New York. The Jets needed him. But guess what? They signed Logan Ryan and Dave Gettleman, another big free agent signing that has panned out for the Giants. All I was going to say is you look at this NFC East right now. They struggle against everyone else except when they play one another. What I was thinking is we should just have everybody play to get into the playoffs and the NFC should just play against themselves and see who wins. Because it seems like none of these NFC's teams wants to beat anybody else in the NFL so let me, other than themselves. So if I may back up your stat, Trev, and we were just reading the post, Joe. So here's the thing. All four NFC's teams have a combined total wins of 10. 10 wins through 10 weeks of the season. Not too good. Not great. Here's the other thing. Eight of the 10 wins by the division is within the division. Only two wins have been outside of the division <laughs> for the entire division. So That's if that crazy. makes sense, 10 wins by all four teams, count, eight of them were, are within the division against each other, two are outside. And if you count Dallas. And that is Dallas up. against Atlanta and yeah. Philly against the backup quarterback for the 49ers, 49ers on Nick Sunday Mullen, Night Football, yeah. Nick Mullins. So other than that, so I was just looking through. I wrote down all four teams' NFC schedules. Now, all four teams have tough schedules going ahead. I know everybody wants to say, well, the Giants are the best team in the NFC East right now. But they have a tough schedule. And let's not forget, that Eagles tie against the Bengals, we don't know yet, but could come in very handy down the stretch. So here's Washington. So I'm just going to go through it very quickly. They play the Bengals, then at Cal Dallas on Thanksgiving, at Steelers, at 49ers, Seattle, Panthers, at Eagles. Tough. Phillies, at Browns, Seattle, at Packers, Saints, at Cardinals, at Cowboys, Washington. Dallas is at Vikings, Washington, at Baltimore, at Cincinnati, 49ers, Eagles, and at Giants. And then the Giants at Bengals, at Seattle, Cardinals, Browns, at Ravens, Cowboys. You look at all four of those teams and those schedules, Joe, it's going to be, I mean, this division. Dallas will not win another game this year. What's up? Dallas will not win another game this year. That is a strong possibility. But I know the Giants, we all think the Giants might be the best team in the NFC East right now. Dallas will win one more game. But you look at that schedule for all four teams, it's going to be, I mean, I kept saying it. I don't see nobody winning more than five uh, five games. I say five is the max. Six, no, six and seven. I I can't pick seven. Because I guess ten knows, right? I, I do can't know. Make my prediction. It's not going to well, be five. How do you know? Wait, how do you know? Because five is not going to get you in. Five over. How do you know that? Because the Giants are going to win six, and so are the Eagles. The problem is the Eagles will be six nine and I mean, one, and the you, Giants will be six and ten. How do you know ten. that? We don't know what Giant team shows up. We don't know what Philly team. This is the five. thing that made this NFC East so unpredictable. Oh, look, look, hold up. It, 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 look look at the out. games, right? If you say Bengals, Cowboys, and Browns are all reasonable. Those are all reasonable yeah, yeah. Giants wins. They can't, so that's they can't lose any of those games. No. If the Giants lose any of those first three games, forget about it. You're wasting your time anyway. The first three games are at Cincinnati and then at Seattle and then the Cardinals. I want to read you. So two wanna... of the three, even even against Cincinnati, is going to be tough because I it's Giants just I don't know, don't play well in Cincinnati. I want to give you a little so sure, like but that. listen, I think I think if you if you only win two out of these three, where it's the Bengals, Cowboys, and Browns, that means you definitely have to beat the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And it means you probably have to beat both the Cardinals and the Seahawks to get in. I mean, they could be because the of the because of the Eagles lost. Right. But I, I would say this now. I think all of these are winnable games. Yeah. I think I think the Seattle game more than the Arizona game, 
because I think Kyler Murray is Kyler. So here, can I tell you what I observed yesterday in watching all of the games? You know what it really occurred to me was I watched I watched Burrow and I I watched Herbert and I don't see any zip on the ball. I saw it from Tua. I saw it from Ben Roethlisberger. Boy, the ball's coming out of his out of his hand like uh like a Rollis Chapman. I mean, th- this <laughs> guy's fitting balls in. Rollis Chapman, or is it the out of control? Yeah, right. Um, Seems about five hundred. What's up? There, there's guys that I saw that were making big time passes. I think Tua looks like he belongs. I think Kyler Murray reminds me of Russell. I see those guys, and they 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 look different. And I understand. Look, everybody had a division uh, rival yesterday. Hard games, uh, and only Daniel Jones walked out with a win. He was the only one that looked good against mm-hmm. what what is supposedly the best team in the NFC. If the Giants aren't. And you could argue each of those guys yesterday faced a team that's supposed to be better than they are. They all had a chance to prove that they were the better team. And only Daniel Jones today can say he did it. And only Daniel Jones of the Burrow-Herbert-Jones comparison, only Jones can say he's got three wins. Yeah. So let that not be lost on anybody. Again, there's just – I see too much, like, worship of of Burrow and – Watch those guys. Like, watch those games. I mean, I, I watch I'm, those games. Not Burrow and Herbert played two of the best defenses in football. And let's be honest, Philly's not even close to where Miami and Steelers. So I'll give them a certain pass. But I understand where you're coming from, Joe, because you said, like you said, you watch. They struggled. Games. They both they, struggled. They, 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 yes. both, they both, for the first time all season, rookie, rookie mistakes. Rookie mistakes. You, I didn't get to watch as much of the Chargers Miami game as I really wanted to, because you know the Giants are on. You guys got red zone there. I can watch on my phone. Red oh, zone. Okay. USTV.go.tv. You can watch NFL red zone. Go check it out later. Um, but uh, no, really, the Herbert and Burrow did not look as efficient as it, and no. and Tua has literally every week gotten much better. Now, maybe we can give credit where credit has to be finally done, and that's in the coaching staff of Miami. Well, because take- Brian Flores has Brian Flores has done a tremendous job of building his you know, we talk, we watched the show yesterday, Colin, and you watched Miami a year ago. If you remember, it was we were at Rams. They were, well, hold on. they were, we were at, we were not at, even, not even week one, even, we were, not even week they one. Were, they had given up like a hundred points in the first two weeks, and they were like, how about we years? thought, how we thought they years? were the Jets of this year, right? We thought they were the Jets. They were going to be god awful, and then by week eight or week nine, you started seeing them play together and start to gel, and by the end of the season, they were playing even better. And then they beat New England at the end of the season in New England to cost New England a playoff slot. A top two seed. Top two seed. That's what I mean, slot. And then you look at this year. They're building. Fitzpatrick was what he was. But the problem is he makes mistakes and he turns the ball over. Something that we know about Tua going back to his days in Alabama was he doesn't turn the ball over and he's very accurate with the ball. And if you don't make mistakes and your defense plays efficiently, as Miami's defense does, you're going to win games. Now, let me stem this back to Daniel Jones. And I said this before, and you kind of like just went over it, but I think not having turnovers in the past two games is Oh yeah, biggest, here's the thing. It's the biggest reason why the Giants have won the last two games. No other the guys led the league in turnovers the past two years. Obviously, that's a, that's huge. I've spoke yeah. I've spoke about this all season long, and it's part of the reason why I bash Daniel Jones is because when you turn the ball over at the quarterback position, you destroy everything else. You are the engine that kills the car. Okay. Listen, your your running back is going to fumble the ball when he carries it. It's going to happen. Receivers are going to fumble. You're going to get deflections. But if your quarterback is the reason why you are losing games because of turnovers, that is an issue, and it has to be addressed. And that's why I said either he gets this stuff fixed and corrected, or you got to move on from him because you can't continually be, you know, 18 picks and six fumbles or 12. It can't happen. It just can't happen. And you look at the, how much better this team is the last two weeks when you don't turn the ball over. That's the reason why, as much as I know you don't like Green Bay, and we're going to get into this, but when Aaron Rodgers doesn't make mistakes, their team wins football games. And you look at Russell Wilson, on the other hand. He tries to do too much, okay. and he throws picks. I'll, I mean, I'll get it. I know, I know. I'll and he throws that, picks, but... and it costs his team. Here's my thing. You said something earlier, too, and I'm going to get it, and we're going to transfer or 
yeah, transfer over to the Dolphins part with this. You asked me a question. You're saying, would you rather be really bad, just keep losing, or would you want to be like a team like the Dolphins last year or maybe, hell, even the Giants this year where they're, they're a couple of pieces away from being competitive? Or do you want to be like the Jets or Jacksonville and be really bad for a long time? Well, the Giants have been really bad, and I'm sick of it. I want to see the Giants just win and compete and go in a direction that I know I feel comfortable enough to say, we're going in the right direction. I'm not worried about it. And you could say the same thing about the Miami Dolphins now because last year, like we said, we thought this was going to be 0-16. This was going to be a historically bad team. We thought the Jets, like you said, Ted, all of a sudden they finished 5-11. Brian Flores has looked great just like Joe Judge, but they were still in the top five. And I know people were like, oh, well, they could have they tanked and they could have got, they still got two of them. They still did well. And look at them now. They're six and three. Their defense is playing out of their mind. Their special teams is one of the top, if not the top special teams in the league right now. And then they got a guy named Tua that's come in and look every part of what we thought he could be, which is precise, accurate, smart throws, and good with no big time weapons. No, and, and it's been impressive with this Miami Dolphins. Look, I know the Kansas City Chiefs ain't going anywhere for a long time, okay? Unless Patrick Mahomes falls off the cliff, falls off the face of the earth, the, the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are not going anywhere. I don't want that to happen to Patrick Mahomes. And then you got the Steelers right now, who are 9-0, and but they're going to be looking for a quarterback soon because Big Ben is getting into that age that, well, it's time to look to the future. Well, the Dolphins, who else in the AFC do you really trust? And we could even put this together with the pretender and contender list. And Joe, if you want to, I mean, I, I really will use it. Joe. Why don't you, want, you want to put the AFC up first? Because we're yeah, do the right. AFC since we're doing the Dolphins right now, and then we'll get into the NFC. So if you really look at the AFC, other than the Chiefs and Steelers, who is a pretender and a contender on that list? Uh-oh, Joe's struggling. No, that's okay. It's going listen, MIA. Listen, but I'll go through the I'll, team. I'll, 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 before you do that, you, because you asked the question out loud. Yes. And maybe me and Joe can still answer the question while he's trying to figure out how to put he this up. Lost. But that's okay. He looks lost right now. I would put the Dolphins fourth. I know I know people are going to probably jump down my throat on this, but I still take the Ravens at third. They are missing multiple guys yeah. on that team. They have a bunch of key major injuries. Now, Ronnie Staley ain't coming back. We know that. Nick Boyle ain't coming back. Nick Boyle ain't coming back. There's their block and tight end, and there's their best offensive tackle, their left tackle. Mm -hmm. They've also uh, – their guard, Yonda, had retired this season. Yeah, Marshall Yonda. Calais Campbell is out. And their biggest thing – and we haven't seen Dez yet. I don't know what Dez is going to look like, but they know we know – they miss a number one receiver. Now, you and me have said this, and maybe we're the idiots, but when you watch these teams play, Joe, what made Baltimore so great last year? Lamar's ability to run and just run. Like, use him what he does great at. He's a runner first and a thrower second. This is not Russell Wilson or Kyle Murray where they're passers first and the ability to run. So here's the AFC list. I'm Thank you, Joseph, for bringing that. Here's my thing that people tick me off about with the whole Ravens thing because I'm a big believer in Lamar Jackson. Everybody's like, well, he's not Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to swear, but no blank Sherlock. He's not Patrick Mahomes. No one's Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson is the best Athlete, athletic quarterback we've ever had. Stop comparing to Michael Vick. He's better than Michael Vick, plain and simple. Michael Vick never won an MVP. He's a better thrower as well. Okay. I saw a play last night or Sunday night that ticked me off the high heaven. Lamar Jackson was in the pocket for almost 15 seconds. Yeah, but that's not his fault. Hey, I know, they, no, they I'm, not, I'm not blaming him. Explain the my play. Point, they only rushed two. I know, but my point is, is that, okay, so why isn't he running? When he's been saying defenses know what plays are coming. Baltimore, we talked about a couple weeks ago. This coaching staff is not helping Lamar Jackson. You want to know why they were a juggernaut last year, even without a number one receiver? Because they ran it down your throat. I know their offensive line is not the same as last year. That is a big point to discuss. But they ran it down your throat, and you had your MVP quarterback, who no one could stop last year. All of a sudden, they're just mediocre, this offense. I know you can blame on Lamar, and he, oh, he sucks. In the he doesn't suck. He's 23 years old, and he's an MVP already. How can you say he sucks when he won an MVP? You're just a fool. What was he, 28 and 5 or something going into I know he hasn't beaten I know he hasn't beaten the good teams. I understand yes. that. But doesn't mean he but can't. he's 23 years old and he's only going to get better. I think the league. biggest point you want to say is listen, and when you said Mahomes, I think you need to explain it in this sense. He's not a pocket passer, y'all. I watched Sunday night's game. 
It's a rainy game, right? So, Joe, if you're, the head, if you're, if you're, if you're the head coach, right, and you're like, okay, it's pouring raining. So what do we want to do? We don't want to throw the ball around because the ball could slip around, guys. Mistake. Wouldn't this fit right so, into your game plan? So if you're like a, if, you know, if you go back to even high school football, if you're a running team, that works perfect compared yeah. to a passing team. You run the football, and you, that's what because if you think about, it, that's what New England did. They did what Baltimore did to them. And Steve, I agree. He is a top ten. He yep. could be top five because you know it's funny how people jump off the bandwagon. A year ago, he was like. He's the best quarterback in the league, or at least top three. Now it's like, oh, I don't know if he's good enough. It's how well, fast we change our decisions nowadays. My thing is this. Opinions, I should say. I'm watching Lamar in the pocket, right? And he's standing there stiff, Joe. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Tua. He's not Rodman. He's not any of these quarterbacks that are, is on that picture. He's, no. not, he's not a pocket passer. He, so it makes him so he, special. He is a runner back with the ability to throw the ball like a quarterback. So use him like that. I know you want to prevent him from getting hurt, but you know what? Your team is hurting because of that. Run it's the limited. football. More almost limited. Use him in more rollouts. Use him in more ability. Make him because I'm watching his numbers are drastically down. Because I'll put it this way, Kyle Murray is a passer first, but he's got 10 rushing touchdowns. And he, he's and, gonna break the record. And he's, so, and he's Joe, he's on pace to have four thousand yards passing and a thousand yards rushing. Could he why, win MVP? Why can't Lamar Jackson be that guy? Joe, let me ask you this question. If you look at the contenders pretenders list right now, do you have any disagreements? And if so, do tell. And after that, I want to tell you why I have my yeah, setup yeah, the way fine. I do. And I'm in agreement I with think, you. I think the best team on the pretenders list is the Raiders. Over the Colts? I only say this because I think, you know, if, if you follow uh, the season Philip Rivers is having, it's just question. week by week. It's old Philip Rivers, garbage Philip Rivers. They have a great defense. They have a great defense. They do have a great defense. I, I just think that the Raiders offense is good and consistent. Their defense not great, but I I think I I just put more faith in, in that. Out of all the pretenders, you would take the Raiders. You would I would take the Raiders. I see. I would take the Colts only because Rivers can make the plays when needed to, and I trust Frank Wright. And that, at bro. the end of the day, in NFL, we always don't want to say it, but defense can help you win. I mean, like we talked about the Giants, just make a one stop here and there, and that's what the Colts can know, do. Phil, uh, Here's the thing. The three, for I'll years, explain I it the reason why I have it this way. Josh Allen, and I had Josh Allen in the picture, I think he's good enough to win and get to the Super Bowl. I, but he's still a question mark. And that defense is not as elite as it was last year because they lack a, a serious pass rusher. The Raiders don't have a good enough defense, but – we saw them go into Kansas City and beat Kansas City. Now, they play this Sunday night football. I'd like to see the matchup again because the Raiders are going to roll. Let's see how they Chiefs really are going to roll. Okay. The problem with the Browns is they got a good defense and they got a great running attack. They just had two running backs this week go over 100 yards. The problem That's is could keep them alive. The problem is Baker Mayfield. Yep. You at the end of the day in the playoffs, your quarterback. Do you think Beckham is a huge? No, okay. I, it, it, I mean, it is a no, loss. It is a loss. Because you want to be able to make the play, but can your quarterback make that two or three big throws on third down in the playoffs when you need him to make the play the most? And like you said, Joe, the Rivers thing is the question mark with them because you know they have a good running game, they have a great offense line, they have great defense, but is Rivers going to be Philip Rivers of the old and make that turnover when you know I when mean, it's going to kill you? He looked good last week against Tennessee. I know we we forgot about Tennessee as one of them too. I I mean Tennessee, I would have put Tennessee. The only reason the only. I had those is because if you look at the, the the playoff rankings at this present time today, those are the top eight teams. Tennessee is ninth. That's how it's currently slated based on all the games and all the tiebreakers. So that's the only reason why I have that. I say over Tennessee being in there because I would have Tennessee right down the middle because I think they have a good enough offense. We proved it. They don't have a defense like they did last year to make a play. I really, really am hot. Go ahead, Joe. You look like you want to. Only start. one team on the right has beaten a team on the left, and it's the team Steve wants to leave off the list. That's an interesting take. The Raiders? That's an interesting take. The Raiders beat the Chiefs. No, none of these other teams in the pretenders list has beaten a team well, on the interesting. left. We're going to get to see. We're going to actually get to see Miami versus the Chiefs later in the season. 
So Miami's got the next couple weeks, they got some very, very winnable games where they can take the lead in the AFC East. Well, not even just the wild card, but I see them as the best. They're the best team in the AFC East to me. And they're the third best team in the AFC to me as well. I, I, I truly believe that because I think this defense is getting better and better each and every week. They have an identity. They believe in their coach. I love Brian Flores. I love the hiring last year, and I think it's going to work out, and it's already has been. And I've been a huge fan of Tua. I think he's going to be everything as advertised. And they got a good, they got a solid running game. I know the receiver, it's, they're very similar to the Giants. If you really want to think about this Dolphins and Giants team, because the Giants lack a number one receiver, kind of like with the Dolphins. The Giants defense has been very good, just like the Dolphins. They've grown, and then they got the, the New England coaches that they have their identities and they are buying into these identities. And this is why teams like the Dolphins are growing. And the Giants, you could even say, are growing. And teams like the Jags and the Jets are going this way because they don't have an identity. It's the most important thing for a franchise moving forward and figuring out if you're going to be competitive in this league or you're going to be the laughing stock. Obviously, the identity is the most important thing. I know the quarterback we always talk about, but having an identity, a true identity, gets you far into this league. And it's happening with the Dolphins, and it could be happening with the Giants. I just want to say one thing before Joe reiterates anything he wants to say is when I look at all eight teams and while you were talking, I will say this. And the reason why I think these teams are really in a position to all be very successful is the coaching. Look yeah. at all the coaches, head coaches on the teams. You can't knock like any, a good you, coach. you can't knock any head coach on any of these no. eight teams right no. here. Tomlin, Stevnoski, still oh not Stevnoski. Uh, God, what's his name? I forgot. I said, did I just say Stephen Ellis? I, I, you're thinking, what am I? I'm thinking, I'm thinking Bob, Joey, 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 I, Joey, I, Joey, I, I'd be saying Bob Stefanowski, Joe, on a, on a sports show. No, I forgot. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski. He's the only one that is still uncertain because he is a, whereas I, I'll trust Flores. Here's the thing about it. And Frank, right? Hold on, I want to say something about Jason's latest comment. Thank you, uh, Steve. I don't know why I said that. I wanted to say something about that. Are really good, but too young. You know what that sounds like to me? Sounds like the 2017 Yankees. Too young, right? But they had a coach that was that they bought into. I don't care what the management did, but they bought into it. They believed in themselves, and they came to bat, and they came to took care of business. They might not every Super Bowl, but they that's what I'm trying way. to say is that this team, this Dolphins team, is right there from being a Super Bowl contender. Just like the Yankees of 17, they were right there, and they probably should have won that year, but we all know what happened. Go ahead, Joe. Um, let me just say this again, and I, 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 it's important that you apply the logic to where it belongs. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. If you're going to say that the Dolphins are too young um, on the cusp but a pretender, then you would have to say the same thing about the Giants, a young team that's really good. And is right on the cusp. When I put them as contenders, I didn't mean that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they can make a legit run. And that's the same respect that I have for the Giants right now is they're not, they're not the same level as the Chiefs and the Steelers, but they can make noise in the playoffs and maybe knock off one or two teams because they, they have team unity and they build it because we know this. The Dolphins are probably a legit running back and receiver away from being a star team because their defense is sound. Yeah, they got great coaching. Great they just team. they just don't have a big number one receiver and a star. And guess back. what? Oh, just to mention, they're going to be getting just have Houston keep losing and they'll get a top five pick and then they'll be able to get a star receiver next year. And the Dolphins will be thank you Houston, thank you Bill O'Brien for being well. You're nowhere to be found anymore. You're probably- worst trade in NFL. But anyway, not even that. It's just yeah. By the way, Deshaun Watson had a um. Yeah, they they woefully uh, game. Fully rebuild, fully rebuild. I know they just signed him. Trade him. Go try to get a top five draft pick from one of these teams and get draft capital back because they definitely call, 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 call the Dallas Cowboys and say, "Yeah, I'll give you Deshaun Watson right now for a team, for the that, for a team that's really bad and has no future." They have to get some kind of draft Listen, capital. You got and Dak, the only way you got you Dak coming off an injury, the only way you could do that is really by seriously considering trading Deshaun Watson. So you could get a haul for Deshaun Watson oh, because sure. you, oh my God, yeah. you say Dallas, okay, here's the thing. You need to cut you need to cut salary, right? We'll take one of your defensive players. We'll give you Deshaun Watson. Bringing the jokes. There you go, sir. So you might be coaching Penn State again. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. Hey, I'll put it this way though. If you're gonna have Deshaun Watson, 
you're going to try to win with him with no one for the next few years. How about this? I got a question for you. Not the Steelers. I won't even put the Steelers yet. Out of all those six teams, who's the best one to beat the Chiefs? I won't say the Steelers because I do believe the Steelers are going to beat the Chiefs. But out of those six, both of you, who would you consider most serious to the throne of the champs? The Raiders. Raiders? Is it because they already beat them? Or is why? Yes. Yes, which is a good indicator. If you what beat them they, once, what this is this what's week? killing me. How can, how can anybody look at this list? And I've pointed this out three times now. The only team in the pretenders category who has a win over anyone in the contenders category. What if they lose this the week? The Raiders. Though? What if they lose on Sunday night, though, and they get killed? Then, play uh, I would, then I would, it's over. It's just like well, that. We'll talk next week. I look, that's the beauty of this sport. Is this is the beauty of the sport, dude? Three weeks ago, if you would have asked me, I still wanted to see Daniel Jones run out of town. Three weeks ago, I thought Tua starting was stupid. I changed my mind about a bunch of stuff. You haven't changed your mind about one thing, and I have to do it because it's Uh, the weekly thing. You haven't changed your mind about Gary. You want to answer the question? You just (laughs) go on. I'll take the Colts or the Bills. Really? Really, because they have the two best defenses. And I think the Colts have the offensive line and run a game and be able to control the clock, keep the ball away from Mahomes. Rivers has played against Mahomes and beaten Mahomes in Kansas City. I'm taking this off. Okay, you trust Frank Wright, and they have the defense. And I think, listen, you watched the game earlier on Monday Night Football. It It was crappy weather in Buffalo. But the Bills played the Chiefs tough, and they have a good defense. They do. And Josh Allen. It's not as great as it was. Josh Allen and the Bills can put up points. All right. So that's. I would take the Dolphins. I really think this team is hungry, and the way they're going in the right direction, two is only getting better and better each week. And like I said, when, when they played the Rams a couple weeks ago, everybody said, oh, two didn't even get 100 yards. They're going to get him into the groove of things. Guess what? Look what he did against Arizona. Looked amazing against Arizona. And then last week, being the better of the two rookie quarterbacks, beating out of the Herbert Tua matchup, he looked the better of the two. So he's only getting better. So plain and simple. So that's what I got to say. Best soccer player. We got a guy. Christian. Wow. I never got. No. <laughs> Oh, I, I already took care of the response. And anyway, no one no one cares about soccer. It's not the wrong, it's not the right, hey, it's on YouTube. Wrong football. <laughs> wrong football we're talking about. Let's get over to the NFC now. We'll close out with the NFC. Contenders and pretenders list. Thank you, Joseph, for bringing us on. Oh, we look so nice and handsome today, don't we? I'm just kidding. So the NFC is more of a toss-up. Because you have the the AFC, we get it. The Steelers and Chiefs, those are the two alphas of the AFC. The the, the NFC, though, I'll say they are. Who's who's frontrunners is a better word. You're talking like we're in Halloween. Well, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are the alpha of the NFL right now. Who did anybody watch the anybody watch the Saints play? Did you guys watch the Saints game this weekend? Did did you notice how he doesn't really throw the football very far at all ever? That's why his completion percentage is at 75% every year. When you dink and dunk all day, and I said that's the thing that me and Trevor talked about off script. The thing that I thought hurts the Saints is when you get to playoff time, defenses really kind of gear up, okay? So what you do is you bring all the defensive guys within 10 yards. And, they're gonna have to and play- if you know, you don't have to worry about a deep you don't have to stretch. You don't have the receiver that can stretch the field, and you don't have a quarterback that can stretch the field. You condense the field. It's like playing inside the red zone. That's why they say inside the 10-yard line it's so much harder to score because the field is short and there's more players in a smaller amount of area. You Where if you're in the middle of the field and you got 50 yards to play with, you got all the room in the room. The Saints make themselves make it harder for themselves to score. The reason why they are good is because they have a great coach. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback. They have a great receiver in Michael Thomas, and they have a running back who's probably the best receiver and running back in football in Alvin Kamara. So it makes things easier, but it's still – and that's why they use, have to use Taysom Hill on special plays because they can't just do what Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson can where they can take the ball and so, zip it in there for 15 yards on a dig and, and know it's – it's an efficient pass and it won't get picked off. So is it's a lazy duck like freaking dunk hunt. So the AFC, Nintendo. me and Ted, I had an agreement with Ted. The NFC, I'm a little different on this one. I only and, did the first eight. And, 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 and real quick, by the way, by the way, the 49ers, the 49ers only lost that game yesterday. I think Nick Mullins, by the way, I think people ought to be uh, trying to get this dude's number. That You want to talk about a guy who knows how to make plays and put zip on the ball. It was a, a horrendous game of miscues by uh, the Niners special teams that really 
uh, was, was what did that game yeah, in. They yeah, actually yeah, that could them because they were up 10-3 at the time of that bobble. Dude, up. they, looked, they well, yeah. looked great for most of that game, and I yeah. thought for sure were on their way to a victory, and they just got super careless. So, again, I would say looking at New Orleans, nah. I, I don't. I don't think that's an alpha team. I look at that. No, it's not an alpha team, but it's one of the better teams on the left hand side than the right team because I think the Cardinals still have questions, even I though they had a big. Eagles are there the because the the Eagles are ahead of the Giants, and that's the only reason why the Eagles Correct. are there by a half game, right? And I know Trev's going to talk about Seattle. They have no offense. Here's line. my thing. Let me get into it, please. Don't 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 give everything away that I'm going to say. I know our things are different. Our list. He has the Rodgers and the Packers. Me. I'm still skeptical about them. They were last year, they were unbelievable. They kept winning games until they met a team that was a lot better than them and they got their asses kicked both times against them. The Saints, the Saints are tricky because we don't know what's going to happen with Drew Brees and how serious they could be better with Winston. We're going to see. And they have Taysom Hill, so maybe this could be a plus for the Saints. Maybe it could be a a major. Well, I would would take Teddy over Jameis because of the fact that Teddy just doesn't. Turnover the ball. Yeah, but take the turnovers away. Jameis Winston is a down-the-field okay, thrower take the with a stronger take arm. Take the turnovers away. Let's take the turnovers away from Daniel Jones, too, and then we would never be talking about Daniel Jones being a back can, can I say one thing? That's stupid to say that. But here's the thing. Bruce Arians. How can you say that? Because Bruce Arians' motto at Tampa is throw the ball down the field, which is high risk, high reward. Look what Tom Brady's sure. doing. And he doesn't throw the ball downfield. He's got the worst completion percentage in the NFL with more than 20 You're yards. You're trying to defend a guy that has 30 freaking picks, bro. Trev, uh, what I'm saying is Sean here, Payton man. can scheme his offense to make things here. easier. And ma- yes. Oh, no, absolutely. Jameis Winston is good. Okay? When your offense is based on throwing the ball Weren't down- you the one that called him? It, it was a it Trev sucked? Trev, the, throwing the ball down the field is higher risk, higher reward. Okay? That's why Drew Brees throws the ball five yards down the field because there's no risk. So I see. So if, if Jameis Winston and Sean Payton can develop an offense that can can curtail his skills, meaning you could stress the ball at least another five yards down the field, you might be able to make some plays and you use Taysom Hill. Great. I'm not saying it's going to be as good, okay. but it can add another dynamic that the Saints haven't seen. And, Joe, you just said it. Brees don't throw the ball down the field. Jameis likes to throw the ball. So, so out of that whole list that I just look at, to me, I legit see two contenders, bottom two. Don't care. Call me crazy. I don't care. Um, Jace, I've been saying about the Bears for weeks, and you kept trying to defend them. If you have any way to defend them now, please do so. I know you're still watching. The Bears suck. They're god-awful. Their offense is True. almost as bad as the Jets, and that's really bad. I'm sorry. Their defense saves them, like, the past couple years. Seattle is the complete opposite. Their offense is amazing. They can score on anybody, but their defense will lose to Stevie Ray Wonder and Ray Charles if they played against them. That's how bad that defense is. And don't give me that Jamal Adams a difference maker because he hasn't done squat since playing this year. They gave up a lot of for a guy that's a safety. Carlos Dunlap, congratulations. That's amazing. He's, he's a major game changer. Their defense is still awful. And guess what? The past two weeks should have proved to you that Seattle isn't a contender. Because Bears, is that all you got for me? Give me something else than just the Bears beat the Bucks. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. If look, you got, I'll tell you what. Hold on. Steve's exactly right. The, this is why I was saying last week, look, I think you look at some of these teams' records, and, and I, I think especially you get teams that are like 5-3 and three, where you're like, oh, it looks like a good team. Giants should beat the Bears. Giants should beat the Bears. If the Giants, yes. I mean, Saquon gets hurt, so that's devastating in the first half. And we had an opportunity late in the game to score and win the game. We failed to do so, but that was what week two, week three in the season. I guarantee if the Giants play uh, Bears now, we beat them by ten points. And Seattle, here's the thing: the past two weeks with Seattle, I want to finish up with this. I really do. Seattle last week. They didn't score. They they rely so much, maybe more than anybody in the NFL, on their quarterback, even more than Patrick Mahomes, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. They scored 13 points last week. Their defense, their offensive line is really bad, too. Gave up five sacks. He gave up eight sacks. And, oh, Russell Wilson is throwing more and more picks, actually. So I know you want to still think that the, the Seattle Seahawks are contenders, but they're really not. Not with that defense. You're not going to stay in games, and you cannot rely on number three to win you a game every time because, well, first of all, your defense needs to make plays. They don't make plays. They're ranked dead last, giving up 448 yards per game. Do you know the next closest is 30 yards off, and it's the Jacksonville Jaguars? It's not Dallas. 
the Jacksonville, 415. I wrote it down, 415. The next closest is that. So for a team that's supposed to be a contender and you're worse than the New York Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars defensively, you're not winning the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. You could keep saying how great Russell Wilson is. I get it. He's amazing. But he's just not going to do it. Cardinals? By the way, Jamal Adams is a beast and and came up with a couple big plays, including a late sack, which unfortunately the exactly. Seattle, they couldn't do anything with it. But Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams could be a potential difference maker on that defense because you need playmakers. Of course. And he's a playmaker for sure. He hasn't, um, he hasn't been really bad. He hasn't been good this year. Hasn't been as was yesterday or Sunday rather. The problem is he's he's great at in the box run defense and rushing the quarterback because he leads the team in sacks. Only reason his, his ability to guard the pass is a liability, which is actually surprising because if you knew anything from him in LSU, he was an elite defender at all three levels of the field. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why he got chosen at number six. You know, because safeties don't go in the top ten like normally. That. Not unless unless you're a difference maker and can play all three areas of the why field. Why do you think they traded for him? Right, exactly. I mean the Rams. But I, know, I only I have the Eagles. We have the Eagles because they are currently right now in the NFC East lead still. That's hopefully changing. And I had the Bears there because the Bears up until last night were the eight seed. Listen, and the Cardinals, the Cardinals are the Cardinals are very interesting. Let me just say that because of the factor of Kyler Murray playing and they play Seattle this season. They play Seattle huge Thursday. There's a lot of big games this week. Deciding games. We'll get to see the Chiefs and Raiders. We'll get to see a huge Monday night clash between the Rams and the Bucks. And then Thursday night to start off the week is a big division uh, matchup between the Cardinals. The Cardinals are, they can be the difference maker. They can be the unknown because of Kyler Murray, plain and simple, and their because their defense is getting better. But when you have the best receiver in football, DeAndre Hopkins, you have a solid running attack with Kenyon, Kenyon Drake and Kyler Murray, and plus you have Kyler. This team could go places. So they're on they're kind of like the Tennessee Titans for me. They're on the fringe of contender pretender because of the factor of Kyler Murray. I look at the NFC uh pretender list or contender list, the bottom two for me. I've been high in the Buccaneers. I'm not changing that. I'm going to stick with it as long as 12 is st- healthy and that defense, if they could start picking it up again, because they've been struggling the past couple weeks, they're going to be a very tough out. And then the Rams, boy. Are, are we just like discrediting the Rams because they might actually be the best team in the NFC right now? Their defense is nasty, and you just said it, Stevie. They just shut shut down DK Metcalf, who up until last Sunday, we were all saying maybe a top three do receiver. You, do you guys realize that the Rams under McVay are 31 and 0 leading at halftime? They've only given up also one touchdown in the entire fourth quarter this all season. season. And so, when you have the two best defensive players in football. And I'll say that, and I and legit, you can make an argument for other guys. Absolutely, yeah. everyone has an argument and can bring your story to the table. It's just not going to be good enough. <laughs> J- Jalen Ramsey is legit the best corner in football right now. He's the only guy that can go up against DK Metcalf and literally shut him down because Gilmore couldn't do that. No, and I don't. And, I, and we're going to find out about Bradbury when he faces him in yeah. a couple weeks. But yeah. Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in football and that's why you pay him a hundred million dollars back for him and i'm sorry but aaron donald is the best defensive player in football he's a freak he causes the most havoc and and you know why if you remember anything in youth football if you played football youth kid sometimes the most important position was the nose guard you said sometimes it wasn't even the biggest kid you would take maybe the quickest fastest kid who would cause havoc and you put him right over the center and just tell him slant left or right because if you get any inside penetration up the middle it destroys everything it ruins the snap from quarterback to center, and and then and then you know center penetration. Everything else has to bend outside, which makes your defense stronger because now they're going east and west and not north and south. That's a good point, Stevie. As well, um, Andrew Whitworth, major loss for the Rams. That could out be, four to six weeks, and that could be. It, it was a downgrade. Well, good. He'll be coming. It looks like he'll be coming back for the playoffs, which that yeah. will be a huge bonus for them Absolutely. because he's been out, he's been playing great since signing since the signing going to LA. But like I look at that list, to me, this is me. I only see two legit teams with the Cardinals on the cusp of a contender slash pretender because of the factor of Kyler. 
I was always the nose guard. See, Jace, you were like snacks, bro. You were just eating up both guards and center, bro. Just sitting right in the middle, hog molly when your linebackers. I, Joe, do you agree with the list? Like, same with the AFC. Do you agree with the list? Would you change anything? How do you I'll feel? I'll tell you, if I were to give you my uh, an NFC list, I do believe the Rams are the best team in the NFC currently. And we're going to find out Monday night when they play the Bucks too. We'll find out yeah. what that's like. Okay. Uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff to me has looked really good all year. The only game he really looked bad was Miami, and that was because and Miami's defense just had a. I well, mean, just uh, again, right? You, you, I mean, look, I, I think every team, every every quarterback in every team, I think is going to get one or two of those games a year where you're like, well, eh, well, you know, it wasn't wasn't your day. But I, I think the Cardinals might be the second best team in the NFC. Wow. I think the, wow. I think the Bucks are probably three for me. I got okay. Green Bay four, maybe New Orleans five. Um really wasn't really wasn't impressed with Seattle at all yesterday. I mean it it, it it looked bad. And I'll tell you what, the Giants have a blueprint in front of them for how you go out and beat yeah. that team, by the way. The Bears, I I'm with you. I thought the Bears were awful when they looked like they were good. They've just let this bear out. We see exactly how bad that team is. The Eagles are in big trouble. Uh, Carson Wentz, I don't know how much more time Carson Wentz has in Philadelphia. That I'll put it to you like this. The, the Eagles had everybody back this weekend. And everybody back. They had a healthy lineup. And on paper, it was like, oh, boy, can the Giants handle this team? And then it was 21-3. to and I texted a bunch of you guys, and I was like, the Giants are the better team on the field. And Jace, yeah. Jace got upset. He didn't like that. They were the better team the first time. You're absolutely right. I, I, I think it's time for Giants fans to, to stop looking at everybody else's garbage, like Carson Wentz, and be like, I wish we had that. You don't. You don't. I said a couple of weeks ago, go to any team, any any fans of any of these teams, and tell me, you think your team's great, and I guarantee every every single one of these teams, the fans know that there's big flaws in them. There yeah, is not, there's not a Steelers or a Chiefs in the NFC this year. Absolutely, and that's, that's what's going to make yeah, that's what makes all these teams yep. interesting, just like the Cardinals, because with Kyler Murray and ability to their offense and their defense has played really well. They have the best what is it point differential in the whole NFC West with any of the teams. Um, so that's one huge factor. And what was the other stat they had? But I mean, that's huge. If you're if you're point differential, the considering that division, ridiculous. Yeah, there's the there, Cardinals is best in it. I mean, you look at that. We know Green Bay. If you have a physical running game like San Francisco did last year, or like Vikings did a couple weeks ago, you can give them fits. We know the Saints with Breeze out is a big loss, and they can't throw the ball down the field. The Rams. With them is their defense is legit. Their offense has a couple question marks, and you can fluster Goff. The Bucks. Theirs is their offensive line. That is their biggest weakness. If you get pressure like the Saints did both times, you Brady can't move in the pocket. You own the Bucks then if you if you get pressure, and that's the biggest key. Can you get pressure? Because even the Giants, as bad as the Giants is with pressure and not having a legit guy to get to the quarterback, they gave Brady fits. Yeah, they did. So and then you and then you know the Eagles we know it's they are seem to be falling apart. It's funny Seattle doesn't have a defense and the Bears just lost their quarterback and they have no offense. So that pretty much explains. They're gonna bring the whole, back Mitch. No one loves the Giants more than me. Ah, uh, well, you have an argument. Oh, with don't that. say that. Just because you, you blindly one. pick them every week doesn't mean you love them more. Thank you. Exactly. That's just being a. Uh, Sometimes a little too much bias. Anyway, well, uh, hey, look, there's, there's a, there's, look, you always have two parents, and 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 you could always say, hey, your mom loves you more because your dad whoops that ass. Well, but well, my, well, but, my mom but you could also argue your dad loves you more because he whooped that ass. Joe, my mom does love me more. Sorry, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. You look at the NFCs, how bad it's been, and you could put that away if you want, Joe, to bring us back. The NFC East has been so bad. When you look at the NFC West, has been unbelievable this year. You have three teams at six and three right now fighting for number one, and all three could easily have number one seed going into the playoffs this year. So I'm still saying North. Yeah, the NFC North. Browns, Ravens, well, Steelers well, are no. Well, here's the thing: we don't take the Browns serious enough. The the Steelers. We take Seattle serious the enough. The Steelers, I don't. Other people do. Other people do. The Steelers are 9-0, and and then the Ravens, I'm still a big believer in the Ravens, so I understand what you're saying with that. The NFC West has been unbelievable. It's going to be a lot of fun. The AFC looks like it's going to run through either Pittsburgh or it's going to run through Kansas City, plain and simple. The NFC, well, 
My mom loves me more because. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, Jace. I'm sorry. I love how he puts laugh out loud. <laughs> he put laugh out loud too. No comment. Look, Joe's not. Joe's not happy. Yeah, Joe's not happy about that. <laughs> no comment, Jace. The NFC is a toss-up right now. I'm still sticking with the Bucks to run, that it's going to run through the NFC with them, but there is a lot more football to go on, and boy, oh boy, it starts on Thursday night in that NFC West. What a massive matchup it's going to be. We'll be back Friday. A lot can happen from here to Friday. We might be on even sooner because the NBA is heating up, and the MLB is also going to be heating up very soon. So we have a lot. A lot to talk about. We haven't even talked college football this year. There's a lot of happening right now. Joseph, as always, thank you, buddy. Before I go, uh, oh. messy, dumbass. You know no. anything? It's yeah, messy. 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 Even at, why would you ask us? But the answer is messy. You can go. <laughs> Joe, Joe just went off. He's, he's, he's done. He's done. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching us all. We are streaming on a social media all over social media platforms. Keys to the city. You could subscribe like share comment new hoodies like i said here they are right here blue or black if you want one let us know we already got out the first order we're going in with our next order if you want please let us know as soon as possible everybody stay safe clovercrest media presents keys to the city we are out yeah keys to the city baby when you see us so you know you really viewing greatness in the making Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.